Hey everybody, welcome to the Hope Young Adults podcast where we help young adults grow in their relationship with Jesus Christ. I'm David Hurst and this episode is all about compassion. Many of us live busy lives and we often focus on our needs while overlooking the needs of those around us. Adrian Casada points us to the ways that Jesus showed compassion on others and how we personally can live lives marked by love, service, and compassion. This episode comes from our weekly devotional series called The Feed. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode of The Feed. For those of you who don't know me, my name's Adrian Casada. I've been going to Hope for quite some time now, so I'm sure I've probably seen a lot of you around some of the Hope campuses. Um, we are continuing our study on God's provisions. That's the series that we've been going through, um, through the feed ministry. And this week, we're going to be talking about compassion, and specifically the compassion of Christ. So before we dive into that, um, I've got an introduction that I'd like to share with y'all. And I'm going to go ahead and begin by reading 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. Paul states, All Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. So I want you guys to think about that because today, as well as throughout the course of this ministry, we've been going over a lot of Scripture. And this concept of God-breathed is very important, and we see it throughout the Bible. So, for example, in the book of Genesis, um, we see that God breathed the breath of life into Adam. In the book of John, we see that Jesus breathed on the disciples and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. Um, So another verse that um, comes to mind um, from that is 2 Peter chapter 1 verse 21 and it states we are told that no prophecy was ever produced by the will of a man but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit so I want you guys to really think about that Um, essentially God breathed is an extension of God's perfect power and we see that all throughout scripture and all throughout the word Um, so we're going to go ahead and begin um, with compassion in the book of Mark, it's going to be chapter 6, verses 34 through 44. So I'm going to go ahead and read that right now for you guys. It says, When Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them, because they were like sheep without a shepherd. So he began teaching them many things. By this time it was late in the day, so his disciples came to him. This is a remote place, they said, and it's already very late. Send the people away so they can go to the surrounding countryside and villages and buy themselves something to eat. But he answered, you give them something to eat. They said to him, that would take eight months of a man's wages. Are we to go and spend that much on bread and give it to them to eat? How many loaves do you have? He asked. Go and see. When they found out, they said, five and two fish. Then Jesus directed them to have all the people sit down in groups on the green grass. So they sat down in groups of hundreds and fifties. Taking the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and broke the loaves. Then he gave them to his disciples to set before the people. He also divided the two fish among them all. They all ate and were satisfied. And the disciples picked up 12 basketfuls of broken pieces of bread and fish. The number of the men who had eaten was 5,000. 
So there's a lot that we can take from the story of Jesus feeding the 5,000. Um, one key point is that we know that God will not only meet our expectations, but he will exceed our expectations and needs. Um, as we can see through the story, there were 12 basketfuls of broken pieces left after everyone had already ate. Second important point, um, we learned that God will give to his followers so they can distribute to the people. So for example, he gave the basketfuls to the disciples so they could distribute to the people. So we know that God will do that in our lives as well. We know the disciples immediately began calculating the number of wages. Um, when they saw this problem, this crisis that the people were in, um, they began thinking um, about the amount of money that it would take. They got all up in their head. And we know um, from the book of Zechariah in chapter 4, verse 6, it says that it is not by might, not by power, but by the Spirit. So despite all of these things, the miracle was performed as a result of Jesus looking out onto the crowd and having compassion on the people. We can learn a lot from this passage, but we know that it was initiated by Jesus's compassion for the people. The miracle was initiated because of that. Um, so I want you guys to think about miracles and what they are, because we now know that a miracle is a direct result of the compassion of Christ. And think about miracles this way. A miracle is the suspension of God's natural laws, the laws that God has put in place. A miracle is one of two ways in which the Lord meets our needs. Um, the second being blessings. So, for example, blessings, um, that's God's spoken favor over us, and we see that throughout the Word. We've already been blessed. God has already spoke blessings into our lives. We already have that. Now, a miracle comes during a crisis. Um, again, in this passage, there was a crisis the people needed to eat. The Lord had compassion, the compassion of Christ, and he performed the miracle. So knowing that, we can now look at other places throughout the gospel where we see Jesus having compassion and performing a miracle afterwards. Um, it says in Matthew 14, verse 14, it says, When Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them, and healed their sick, okay? He had compassion, the people were in a crisis, the miracle was performed, they were healed. And again, we see it in John chapter 11, verse 33. It says, when Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come along with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. And we know after that, Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead. He performed a miracle. It says that his spirit was troubled. He was moved in spirit and he was troubled, okay? That's a very important point because, as many of you know, we have the same spirit of Jesus Christ inside of us. Jesus was troubled. He was moved in spirit. He had compassion. The miracle was performed. We have the same spirit inside of us, the same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead is inside of us. I want to go ahead and read Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13. It says, And you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit. 
So for those of you guys who have received salvation, for those of you guys who have accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you have received in abundance, okay? Not only have you received all these blessings that are mentioned in the Bible and all these promises that Jesus has for all those who love him and believe in him, um, but you also have his spirit inside of you. So you've received that. And as I was mentioning earlier, I want to go ahead and read Romans chapter 8, verse 11. It says, And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his spirit who lives in him. Okay? So I want you guys to now think of the compassion of Christ through the Holy Spirit, okay? Because we now know that if we are saved, we have the Holy Spirit inside of us, and we can display the compassion of Christ through that. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and move now to 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 10 through 11. It states, These are the things God has revealed to us by His Spirit. The Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except their own spirit within them? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. So that's big. Think about that, guys. We have the thoughts of Christ because we have his spirit. That is huge. That is a very deep verse, okay? Um, and I'm going to go ahead and jump now to 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 6. It says, For this reason I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. So that verse is really important because we now know that we can display the compassion of Christ, whether it be in our life, maybe the life of a friend. But we need to fan the flame, guys. We need to stir up the gifts that we've been given we need to be on fire for the Lord and on fire with the Holy Spirit, okay? And um, we can see that direction through 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 6. So by now, a lot of you guys are probably thinking, well, this is really good information, but how do I see a miracle manifest maybe in my life, maybe in the life of a family member, maybe in the life of a friend, okay? Um, I know a lot of you guys have stuff going on. It's been a crazy year last year with COVID and everything that's been happening. And there's a lot of uncertainty and people are going through crises, whether it's with their job, whether it's with their spouse, whether it's with, you know, maybe a family member, maybe their finances. They've got some sort of crisis going on in their lives and they need a miracle. OK, so how do we see a miracle manifest in our lives or the lives of someone else? I want you guys to think about the book of Genesis. OK, think about what the Lord, what Jesus did in Genesis when he created he spoke. The Lord spoke things into creation, into existence. The phrase God spoke or God said, depending on what translation it is, it's mentioned many times throughout the book of Genesis. So think about this. We are created in the image of God. We are created in the image of God. We find that out a little bit later in Genesis, okay? God created us in his image. If the Lord creates by speaking, think about Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21. It says, The tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. 
So there's many ways that miracles are manifested in people's lives. And we know that through the Old Testament, through the New Testament, just looking at the Word and studying the Word, we can see how miracles come to be. But like I said, just one way that I can share with you guys now in the little time that I have with you is speaking. Start declaring miracles in your life, in the lives of your family, in the lives of your friends. Pray over them. The Bible talks about asking the Lord with many requests, praying with many requests. Start declaring because there is power of life and death in the tongue. Power of life and death. It doesn't say life, death, and a bunch of other things. It says life and death. So think about that. Think about your words. Your words are very important. And I wanted you guys to have a way, uh, have something that you could start using in your life to start seeing those things happen. Um, declare that your unbelief is gone. We've already been given faith. Jesus Christ did so much for us at the cross. When he died at the cross and he, when he rose from the dead, we received so much. We received faith. You've already got faith if you've been saved. You already have it. You need to stir it up. You need to start declaring things. And you are going to see some very wonderful things happen in your life and in others' lives. You're going to see miracles. So I want to go ahead and um, read 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 14. It says, For Christ's love compels us because we are convinced that one died for all, and therefore all died. And he died for all that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. Wow. So we learn from the beginning of that verse, it says, for Christ's love compels us. Think about that. Christ's love compels us. His compassion compels us. And it goes hand in hand with the grace that Jesus gives us. We have everything that we need, and the compassion of Christ is going to compel us to see miracles come to fruition, okay? I want to go ahead and close this out in prayer right now. Dear Jesus, thank you so much for this day. Thank you so much for this time. Um, thank you so much for speaking through me. Um, thank you so much for this ministry, for the Young Professional Ministry, um, as well as the Feed Ministry. Thank you so much for that, Jesus. Um, thank you um, so much for how transformative it's been. Um, it's, it's truly been a blessing. Um, it's been awesome. And uh, we're so thankful for it, Father God. And I am just declaring in Jesus' name that uh, miracles will come to those who are experiencing crisis. Those who are watching, miracles will come to them in the name of Jesus and their lives will be transformed and their needs will be met. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Guys, I want to thank you so much for watching this week's episode of The Feed. Um, one thing I do want to mention as well too, uh, if you are not saved, I encourage you to make that decision to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Obviously, the Holy Spirit has to move in your life, but I, I really want you guys to, to make that decision so you can be saved and you can experience the goodness that our God has to offer. Guys, thank you so much again. We will see you next week. Have a great day. Thanks so much for listening today. If you're interested in learning more about our ministry, head over to gethope.net slash young adult. And if you enjoyed this podcast, be sure to subscribe so we can stay connected.